Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit AtlantaHomesGuru.com forward slash radio. Let's stick with the N-word analogy. No, we I don't use it because you don't like it. It's not analogous. It's inconvenient. Tom Wheeler wants to retool a $1.6 billion subsidy program called Lifeline that at present is used to help pay phone bills. He wants to let the money be used for Internet bills instead. People came out of the woodwork and a person died. Gun battle there. If something like that happens here, would you be at least indirectly responsible for that violence? No. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Yes, everybody in Cleveland, low minority, got Obama phone. Good morning, Atlanta. It's 905 on News Radio 1067. Yeah, Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi. And I just got to tell you right up front, I was promising my dad I would do this. My dad wants you to know that he gave me an old-fashioned schooling on billiards, pool, as they say, uh, when he was here last weekend. All week long, I've been promising him I'd tell you that he totally humiliated me, cleaned me four games in a row, Left me broke. Don't have rent money. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for that great example. Though I found this great place. It's on Roswell. Oh, what is the name of it? It's right at the Chattahoochee River on the Roswell on Roswell Road. And you can actually smoke cigars and play pool in the back. It's one of the many, many, many wonderful things about living in Atlanta. Those bars and restaurants that have been grandfathered in when it comes to tobacco. It's the, what is it, River Tavern? North? Uh, anyway, it's, anyway, they were great people. They served me the right beer. And, yes, my father humiliated me, crushed me. Uh, at uh, at billiards, so there you. I, Losers. I, yes, that was me. I was the total and utter loser. I'm also a terrorist. Did you know that? I'm a terrorist. I had no idea. You know, Pete, you got to keep me up. With this. First, Kasim Reed calls me whatever it is that has got me blocked on the interwebs, uh, uh, provocateur, or whatever. Now I find out that I am a terrorist. I will uh, explain why coming up later on. But um, uh, a, a professor. Or a guy, I should say, who's involved at Morehouse says that I am a uh, a terrorist, and I will explain why at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. No, I don't know what former Speaker of the House Republican Dennis Hastert did. I don't know what it did, but he did. All I know is he paid somebody three and a half million dollars to cover it up. That's all I I know. I would give you more insights, but my uh, GOP friends, they don't know. Nobody, we don't know yet. I, the speculation goes like this. Well, he was the wrestling coach in high school. And this problem dates back pre-politics. So wrestling coach, $3.5 million. 
I mean, let's face it. If you know, if he'd uh, you know had a few parking tickets or whatever, you know, it wouldn't be three and a half million dollars worth wrestling. I, I guess the question is, guy or girl? That's really the question. Is there anything that you can do with a girl that you pay three and a half million dollars to cover it up? If you're a Republican, Denny Hastert, or you know what I'm saying? That's why the speculation swirls around wrestling. And, you know, there are a couple of moves. You know, the half Nelson is one thing. The full Liberace is something totally different. And I don't know that that's recognized by the WWE. I'm not that familiar with wrestling. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you uh, you got to be careful before you put the, uh, you know, the uh, Freddie Mercury elbow on somebody. It's not necessarily a pretty thing. That 844-404-1067. And, yes, you heard right. Uh, one of the Democrats running for president, U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, did write an article about how women fantasize about being raped by three different people. It is so creepy. And it's just another moment that shows why I love getting together with you every day. If you and I had to rely on CNN and the AJC to know what the hell was going on, we would be lost. We would have no idea. Because... They are not, you probably are like, what, who, what? No, that can't be right. What? A guy running for president said that women fantasize by being raped by three guys. Yep. And it was a far left liberal Democrat. Yep. Why haven't I heard about it? Well, because it's a far left liberal Democrat. And you don't have to be a Republican lover. You don't have to, you know, share my politics at all to acknowledge. Come on, the media in the bag. If there were, if a Republican had written this article back in the 1970s, it would be the front page of the New York Times, uh, Washington Post today. But because it's a Democrat, it's like it's on the bomber pages, you know, B-17, B-27. You know, it's way back there. No, they're not going to cover it. Uh, the, the, it's analogous to uh, President Obama. If a white guy running for president had attended the white version of Jeremiah Wright's church, it would be the only topic of conversation during the political campaign. Oh, my God, how could you go to a church that preaches anti-Semitism? Oh, my God, how could you go to a church that preaches anti-Americanism? How can you go to a church that says that people of different skin colors are more sinful than others? I mean, if, in fact, if a white guy had gone to one event at that church, I'm just not a white guy. If a Republican guy, doesn't matter white or black, if a Republican guy had gone to that church one time, the press would be obsessed with it. Look at the Duggar case. There are people attacking uh, Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum for getting their pictures taken with the Duggars. No one, they didn't have like the, by the way, did you know that uh, 10 years ago when he was a teenager, he was, you know, uh, fondling kids? They didn't know that. They didn't know that any more than you and I knew that. And people are still attacked. So if you're a Republican, you get attacked for having a photo taken with somebody that you didn't know was, you know, sexually nefarious. But if you're a, a, a far left liberal running for president and you write an article about women fantasizing about being raped by three guys, suddenly the rape culture types have no comment. Suddenly, he's like, huh, what, who, no. Anyway, that's just the world we live in, and that's why it's called the natural truth. Everybody knows it's true. It's just they don't talk about it. They don't want to say it. They just want it to go away. Something else that we know is true, too. Anytime you come up with a way to give away free stuff, people who want free stuff will work twice as hard to get their hands on it. Obama. You, you got Obama phone? Yes, everybody. 
everybody in Cleveland, no minority got Obama phone. Keep Obama in president, you know? He what? gave us a phone. He gave you he a phone. Do more. How do he give you a phone? You, you shine up if you're, you on food stamps, you on social security, you got low income, you disability. That was the infamous Obama phone lady celebrating the fact that the uh, president of the United States had, had drastically expanded a free phone program. And as a result, we were spending about $2.2 billion a year to give away something that you could go down to Walmart and buy for $9.99 or $12.99 or $15.99. Well, now the program is expanding even more. The chairman of the Federal Communications Commission, Tom Wheeler, is floating a plan that could help narrow the digital divide in this country. That thing where low-income Americans often fall behind in the biggest economy in the world because they can't get online. Wheeler wants to retool a $1.6 billion subsidy program called Lifeline that at present is used to help pay phone bills. He wants to let the money be used for Internet bills instead. Broadband Wi-Fi access. Your neighbor wants broadband Wi-Fi access, and she wants you to pay for it. Do you want to? 844-404-1067. Do you want to pay taxes so your neighbor can have broadband Wi-Fi connections in his or her home? Is this a good idea? We'll talk about it coming up. Michael Graham now and the camera at noon on News Radio 1067. Obama! You, you got Obama phone? Yes, everybody in Cleveland, low minority, got Obama phone. Keep Obama in president, you know? He what? gave us a phone. He gave you he a phone. Do more. How do he give you a phone? You, you shine up if you're you on food stamps, you on social security, you got low income, you disability. Good morning, it's 918. I am Michael Graham. I tell you all the time that I do this show for people who work for a living. And I want to be very clear at 844-404-1067. I understand there are a lot of different circumstances, a lot of different people find themselves in. I've been in a situation where I show up for work one day and suddenly the radio station is doing hip-hop music and my uh, audition as Rap Master G-Money did not go as well as I had hoped. Uh, so I get that completely. That you know, There are times when people need help. But that's not... If that's you, I don't do my show for you. I do my show for people who are working for a living to give you that help. And when you get back to work, I'll be doing my show for you again. But in the great America that we live in, there are two groups of people, people who work for a living and people who don't. I am shamelessly, openly on the side of people who work for a living and shamelessly, openly disinterested in people who don't. I don't want to go hurt you. I don't want to bother. I just, I have no, I could care less what happens to you. That's completely about you. So when you say to me, Michael, I don't have an Opa, I don't have a cell phone. My answer is, well, then why don't you get a job? So then you can buy a cell phone like my listeners do and my neighbors do and my family does. Why don't you do what my teen kids who want cell phones do, which is go out and make money to pay for their part of the family plan for phones. That's my answer at 844-404-1067. Well, that answer was is not good enough. People talk, for example, about the fact that Ronald Reagan actually started the free phone program. And he did back in the 80s. He said, we're going to take taxes from people who have phones. And we're going to put in landlines for very poor people and people in very rural areas so that if they have an emergency, they can pick up the phone and they can call 
you know, with an ambulance or a doctor or whatever. And you can agree with that. You can disagree with that. But that was a very small program that paid for landlines so that people would, you know, at the worst case scenario, they'd be able to call for an ambulance. If that were the program that we were talking about today, I, 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 we wouldn't be talking about it because I would say, well, whatever. I, maybe, you know, libertarian principles is a good thing, bad thing, whatever. But we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is people who are walking around right now enjoying life, watching TV on their flat panel widescreen TV, playing video games with the latest version of Xbox and chatting up their friends on cell phones with our money because they claim they're too poor and they need your money. America for a long time has had this notion, a notion that I love called the worthy poor. The premise is that there are some people who are poor who just need our help and they are, they, if they could work, they would. But since they can't because of illness or age or whatever, got to have a little small children, then we help them out. I'm, that's the, the notion. Now we've moved on to the unworthy worker. Because you work for a living and because you work hard and because you earn money, you are unworthy of the money that you have. And we take it from you and give it to people regardless of what they're doing. And now we're expanding that program out to Wi-Fi. And I was talking to someone earlier about this, and they thought I was kind of being a, like a jerk about it, which I can be. I confess that, and I apologize. It's, it, it's who I am, and I fight it, but it's me. And you know, what's a big deal, Michael? It's only costs uh, whatever. $2 billion is nothing in a trillion-dollar budget. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's about, let me ask you this about the Wi-Fi broadband access part, broadband Internet access in your home part. I said, what would you say to the young couple who canceled their cable TV because they can't afford the $100 a month because of the mediocre economy? And, you know, know, things went bad, you know, in 2008, they haven't gotten any better. What would you say to that family that doesn't have cable because they can't afford it? They have a cell phone because they have to have it for work. And they're being taxed on their cell phones so their neighbor can have broadband Wi-Fi access in their house. They can surf the interwebs at high speeds in their house. What would you say to that guy? And his answer was, well, that's, that's ridiculous. No, that's Michael. You're just making that up. Nobody's, nobody's canceling their cable. No, he's, I'm sorry. He's wrong. I know people. I talked to somebody this week who's young and in a starter job, whatever, in their 20s. And they don't have cable because they can't afford it. They've got my, my son. My son just left high school. And he's working in blue collar, works in you know construction kind of business. No cable. Can't afford it. It's an extra hundred bucks a month. Dad, you know what I can do with a hundred bucks a month? There are real live working people who literally can't afford cable TV. And you're telling them that their neighbor who, by the way, does have cable, flat panel, video game, and a smartphone should be able to get the Wi-Fi part paid for by their neighbors. You should pay for that. So my first question is, the story of people giving up stuff, basic stuff like like basic cable, have you encountered that? It is more common. I see, The people who are giving away your money, they generally speaking have plenty of money. So they assume everyone's got plenty of money. So they go, oh, well, $2 billion for free phone and free broadband internet. Ah, 
You know, what's it cost you? A Starbucks coffee a month? And they always, I love how, at least this was the big thing in Massachusetts, everything that the, the government spent, they would translate to. It's only going to cost the average taxpayer so many, you know, Starbucks a month. I know people who don't go to Starbucks because they literally can't afford it. They have like a Starbucks budget. I go one, every Saturday, I go and I have one mocha frappa, frappa whatever the hell that is. You know, I know people like that. That's the real life. And you're taking their money and you're giving it to people who won't work. I'm on the side. I don't care if it's a dollar a month in cell phone taxes, a penny a month, or a million dollars a month. I'm on the side of the guy who works for a living, pays for his phone. No, don't take his money away and give his neighbor faster access to Internet porn. 844-404-1067. Brad, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hello, Brad. No, Brad? Okay. Uh, then let's talk to Dean. Dean, you're on with Michael Graham. Thank you for the call, sir. Yeah, uh, I'm in support of the whole Internet thing. Okay. I think that they should have Internet. It's called the public library. <laughs> it works for years. You get off your butt, you go to the library, you do yep. your search, you write your report for your schoolwork, mm-hmm. and you get good grades so that you can afford to get Internet in your house. And so can you we- can't afford to be able to have the phone. Now, Dean, let me ask you something. Would you be shocked to learn that there is no correlation between income and whether or not you have Internet access for your video games, that poor people are just as likely to have Internet-wired video games as rich people? Would you be surprised by that? Absolutely not. Me neither. My, my dad was a TV repairman, and we used to go to people's homes. You know, and this was obviously back in the 80s and stuff, but... You, go to the, we would go to these houses in rural Lexington County, South Carolina, and you'd pull up in the yard, and the yard would be overgrown, and the roof would look like it was sagging, and the porch would have a big pillar. And we would walk in so we could pick up the latest television that they had, you know, the latest, the huge, I mean, but I said, we leave the house, and Dad, they have a better TV than we do, and do this for a living. And it was absolutely true. Video, I, I was like the king of the world, I thought, when I got Mattel and television. When it first came out. And then we're going to, to, once again, to people's homes, trailers. We go to a trailer with a big flat tire and some cinder blocks underneath it. And it didn't matter if the family was white, black, whatever. There'd be four teeth in the house, but five video game consoles. That's reality. That's the natural truth. And if you oppose giving away your money that you work for to people who don't, you're the bad guy. Are you? I don't think you are. I think you're amazingly generous people who want to help the worthy poor, are happy to help the worthy poor, but are tired of getting ripped off, giving away free Wi-Fi, a ripoff. Good morning, it's 933. Oh, yeah, Michael Graham. Braves fans all season long when the Braves score five or more runs, you score at Express Oil Change and Service Center with dollars off their full-service oil change. Braves are back in action tonight versus the Giants. Don't want to talk about last night. So listen to the Braves here on News Radio 1067 and your chance to win from Express Oil Change and Service Center. The phone number 844-404-1067. I've got some people challenging me on my claim that there are folks among us, regular people that you and I know, who have given up basic stuff like cable television 
not because they've all jumped over to the Internet to watch their stuff on HBO Go, but because they literally can't afford cable. They had to make a decision like that. People have cut out basic things out of their lives. Uh, going out to eat. A new survey this week showed that Americans are now spending more money at restaurants than we are at grocery stores. And we'll get to more on that later. But uh, there are a bunch of people who aren't part of that because they literally have stopped. Before 2008, 2009, they used to go out to eat, you know, a couple times a week, whatever. Now they're brown bagging it at work. And I tell people this, particularly my my, uh, friends who support kind of, you know, more spending, more tax kind of stuff. And they say, oh, that's that's ridiculous. That's not true, Michael. You're just exaggerating. I don't think I am. So if you know somebody or if you are somebody who's cut out basics because of this crappy, unmoving economy, I'd love to hear from you at 844-404-1067. And also hear how you feel about this new plan to give away uh, broadband Internet access as part of the Obama phone campaign. Yes, everybody in Cleveland, low minority, got Obama phone. And soon it'll be Obama Wi-Fi and Obama broadband and Obama whatever it is. And I'm not doing this to pick on President Obama. Once again, this is all about big government. This is people happy to take your money and give it to other people because the argument is those other people deserve the money more than you do. As Bernie Sanders, who's running for president uh, as a Democrat, says, once you're rich, 90% of everything you earn should be given away to other people. 90, nine zero. Because you've got too much money. And, and these people don't. So they deserve it because they don't have it. And that's what makes them deserve it, which is upside down. But that's a feeling. That's a normal human feeling that a lot of people, uh, that resonates with a lot of people. Which is why uh, you can uh, do pretty well if you're willing to go out and panhandle. As the authorities in Louisiana discovered, discovered when they approached a guy who had been causing a nuisance out on the streets. Slidell police are talking about their panhandling problem on their Facebook page in a very unapologetic way. In the post, they say that this man, 59-year-old Franklin Jones, regularly panhandles. When they arrested Jones, they found him with $800 in his pockets. The police department post goes on to say that Jones was not arrested for begging because that's perfectly legal. He was arrested because he allegedly stumbled onto the road, stole a shopping cart, and urinated in public. Yeah, stealing shopping carts and urinating in public is the kind of thing that might cause you to have an encounter with the local constabulary, no doubt about it. I'm more interested in the, excuse me, what did he have in his pocket? He's out holding a sign that says, you know, Desperate, poor, HIV uh, vet who suffered PTSD because my father beat me and because I was pushed down as as a kid who suffered from obesity. All the litany of stuff that goes on the signs that are almost always a scam. Please give me money. And people are giving me money. This bum had $800 cash on him. No comment about what other money that he had elsewhere. $800 cash. And he's bumming for people off the streets. I'd be willing to bet that 90% or more of the people that gave him money didn't have $800 cash on them when they gave it to him. I'd be willing to bet that the majority of the people who gave him money didn't have $800 in their checking account when they gave him the 5 bucks, 2 bucks, whatever. Do you, do you agree? And yet they give him the money. Why? Why not? Because you're evil if you don't. And this was what's so frustrating to me. The idea that because you work for a living and you want to keep your money to feed your family, that there's something wrong with you. 
And then when you turn around and point out the widespread Obama phone uh, 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 corruption, fraud. Did you know that a study in 2012 showed that 41% of all the people getting Obama phones weren't entitled to give them? Or when they were asked, well, can you just give us the piece of paper just that we need to assure, make sure that you're eligible for it? They wouldn't bother. You know why they didn't bother? Because they didn't care because it's a scam. Someone's giving away free phones. They show up again. We, when I was in Boston, we would see that they would have free phone day. And the phone companies, because the phone companies are the ones who make the money, they would send people out door to door and drag them. Are you sure you don't want I could, for a while there in 2012, I can go anywhere without someone saying, do you want a free phone? Have a free phone. Have you signed up for a free phone? Life, lifeline, free phone, free phone. Because it, it was, the, the companies were making the $2.2 billion on it. And they didn't, and so you got people who don't, who already have, they would be sitting there with the smartphone they pay for in their hand, signing up for a free phone on Obama phone because they had the income eligibility or they would just lie or whatever. Every day there was another story about on Craigslist or some other, you know, website, people selling their Obama phones. Want a free cell phone? 10 bucks. Want a free cell phone? And they just go down two days later and get one. Uh, Julian Melchior did a, um, a piece for National Review, where she kept going again and again and getting more and more phones. But there was, no one ever stopped her because it was just here. And so if you want to not get ripped off, you're the bad guy. When I see a, guy, a bum panhandling on the street, I understand that what I'm supposed to think, according to these folks, is, oh, the poor guy, I ought to give him some money. And why would you do that? There's only one reason that people give money to bums. Only one. It's because we want to help. No, that's not it at all. You know, how are you helping? You know what the bum's going to do with the money, right? He's going to go buy booze or drugs. You know it. I know it. The bum knows it. Everybody knows it. How are you helping him by giving money for booze and drugs? Obviously, it doesn't help. But, Michael, what would happen if no one gave him any money? He would stop bumming. He would go do something else. He might go to a halfway house. He might go to a church. He might go to a government, you know, program, whatever. But if you stopped giving him money, he would have to go do something somewhere. Who knows? I know it's a crazy thought. He might get a job. So every time you give money to a bum, you're making the bum's life worse. You're keeping him a drunk. You're keeping him a drug addict. And you're keeping him from confronting the harsh realities. There's only one reason why you give money to bums. Because it makes you feel good. This is all about you. This isn't about him. You're thrilled that the bum is there. So you can give him two bucks. And then for the rest of it, look at me. I'm the kind of guy who gives money to bums. And I, by the way, Michael, I support the Obama phone program because I'm the kind of guy who gives your money to other people to make me feel good. I'm happy. I gave him two bucks of my money. I gave him a hundred bucks of your money. I feel great. And meanwhile, the bum is standing there with, you know, a bottle of liquor in his back pocket a packet full of cocaine in his front pocket, a phone that you bought for him, bumming more money so he can stay stoned and drunk, and you feel good about yourself. You are a dirtbag. If you give money to bums, you are a dirtbag. You're a bad person because you'd rather see someone else drunk and dead, bleeding out of their eyes from bad heroin, so that you can feel better for, oh, look at me. I gave him two bucks. My best experiment ever in the world. Someone walks up and says, oh, I need money for a sandwich. The answer should be, okay, let's go get a sandwich. There's a store right there. I'll go get you a sandwich. I don't want no damn sandwich. Get out of here. I'm sorry. I don't understand. I'm confused. Well, of course, I understand completely. Look, 
I like alcohol myself. I could absolutely see me at some point if I had no access to money. Just, please, could I please just, I mean, I don't know what the scenario would be, but if I were in a place where the only way I could get alcohol would be to beg for it, I probably would, in fact, find myself begging for it. But So I get it. But this isn't helping. This isn't helping at all. Free phones, free booze, free drugs, free food. All it does is set you free from your moral responsibility, which is if you honestly believe, as President Obama says, that you're your brother's keeper, what should you do? You should, what you should do is actually help. I'm not going to give you money, but I will drive you down to this church. They have a soup kitchen. They have a place you can sleep. They've got counselors. I will, I will drive you to the... Here's the deal. 97.85% of the people who give money to bums would never, ever, under any circumstances, let that bum in their car to drive them to someplace to actually give them help. I like helping people. That's what I want to do. And I think most of you want to do too. And that's why the Obama phone, Obama Wi-Fi, Obama booze, Obama drug system is just so wrong. 844-404-1067. For those of you who give money to bums on the street, I have one question. How do you sleep at night? How do you live with yourself? What an awful, awful thing you're doing. Michael Graham now. And the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 949. I am Michael Graham. Coming up on June 13th and 14th, it's the first annual Publish 15 Publishing Convention at the Forsyth Conference Center. If you've ever thought about writing a book, Publishing a book, getting into the publishing business, how to do self-publishing, which I've done, by the way. You'll find it all out at the first annual Publish 15 Publishing Convention, June 13th and 14th. And I've got two free tickets right now. Just be the sixth caller at 844-404-1067. For you, the budding author, maybe your dad's thought about writing his uh, life story and wants to know how to get started. A great Father's Day gift. You can win those tickets right now, two tickets to the Publish 15 Publishing Convention. Call 844-404-1067. We're talking about, fundamentally what we're talking about is working versus bumming and how I believe in work and you believe in work. And I have no, I love helping people who are struggling to find work so they can get work. I love helping people who've worked their whole lives and are in a tough spot and need some help. I have, that's absolutely great. But uh, rewarding people who choose not to work and rewarding people who choose to demean something as precious as a human life by bumming is the completely wrong thing to do. And it's particularly disturbing on behalf of the people who do work and yet have to live without the slash luxuries necessities of life. And that is happening more and more in this crappy economy. Austin is on News Radio 1067. Austin, thanks for the call. Yep, thank you for having me on, Michael. Go right ahead, sir. Um, yes, my my sister, in fact, um, she got married recently, and her and her husband living in an apartment. And they're both going to college and and working full time, right. and uh, you know they pay for their own cell phone and they pay for their own internet. But um, right now they don't have cable because they just simply don't want to pay for it; they can't afford it. So, you know, like you said, you can use that hundred bucks for you know groceries or yeah. you know whatever you know or health insurance. Or yeah, exactly. All that stuff. So what do you send them when people say, ah, oh, just give them some more money. Just give away more, some more tax money. It's no big deal. It's no skin off your nose. What do you care? What do you tell them? Um, I mean, the, these people are, are, are working hard. You know, my sister and her husband, they're, you know, they're working hard and they, mm-hmm. uh, they go without, you know, some luxuries that, that you know, other people have, even though, 
you know, they're working hard. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Austin, completely at 844-404-1067. Jeff, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Jeff, go right ahead. Hey, Michael, good morning. Love your show. Thanks. First time caller. Uh, I was down uh, in South Atlanta, and I had a panhandler come up to the car. I was right. the first one at the red light. And, uh, and I've seen them before, and I've never wanted to really give them any money because I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And so I hand, I went, I'd been at the grocery store, so I handed him a bag of grapes, a full bag of grapes, and he looked at me like I was an idiot. <laughs> All right? And, and, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, my goodness. Uh, not even a thank you, nothing. Wow. And so that, that's the first and that's the last. Uh, so did you explain <laughs> to him that if he took the grapes, mashed them up, and let them ferment, he could get booze out of them? Oh, I wish I would have thought See, of that. See, that's what you do. you got to explain to him how this is in his wheelhouse. <laughs> that's, that's how it's got to go. Thanks for the call, Jeff. And how? I mean, we've heard these stories a hundred times. I, I am not surprised at all that when the cops grabbed this guy who was panhandling, urinating in public, and stealing stuff, that the, I, I, I just need $5 for a sandwich, that that guy had $800 cash in his pocket. And I'm not saying that that guy didn't need help. I bet he does need help. I mean, if you're living out urinating in public and stealing shopping carts, you do need help. You need pr- maybe mental health care. And demented people being left on the streets is terrible, and we can do better than that. I don't doubt they needed help. He might have needed some, you know, intervention, drug intervention. I'd be willing to bet, and you know, get himself detoxed, whatever, and in a pro in a program that would help him stay off b- drugs and booze. I'm all of those things. I'm with you, but free phones, free internet, and free stuff. That's not about helping people. That's about helping you feel good about yourself. And that's the end of that. And so when you realize how the, when you give away free stuff, people will figure out a way to steal your free stuff from you. You don't even need an ID or a social security number, none of that. Like I, I would make up the social, the last four is all uh-huh. me. So I would make up those four numbers for you. If you have a friend or something that already has their EBT, yeah. I'll take a picture of their card so that you can get the phone. But would it be in my name? Yeah, I can put it in your name. That was the voice of a woman working with one of the phone companies, and that's because that's who gets rich off this. This is big crony capitalism, big government, and big business getting together. They paid this woman to go out, and she was saying, look, I'll give you a fake social security number. I'll use somebody else's EBT card. I will get you this phone. Well, why? Because I make money. That's why. Because the taxpayers are paying. And this is the deal. And it's true. You see it here with the local county commissioners who are taking our credit cards and scamming people. When you give away stuff, the people who want the free stuff will work five times harder to steal it from you than the people in charge of it will work to make sure they don't. See what I'm saying? The guy who runs the government Internet program, he doesn't care if you're a scammer or not. But the people want to scam it and turn around and resell it. They will bust their hump to get their hands on that because it's cash in their pocket. Uh, James, you're on with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hey, man. I just want to let you know, I work in the Atlanta area. I work for a lot of investors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And and the hangouts are ridiculous. You got people out here that are driving new cars. Mm -hmm. They get some of them, you know, $1,200 to $1,700 a month free rent. They get uh, utility allowances. They get free food. They've got the Obama phone. And it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy ridiculous. All the happy handouts are getting. They're able-bodied people who's willing to work, 
2008, I lost everything. Lost mm-hmm. my infrastructure. I lost everything. Lost my home, my truck, everything. Wow. Never took a dime from the government. Not a dime. Anything. Just right. got out there and hustled and tried to make a living. And I have people come up to me every day. You got a dollar. You got two dollars. Mm-hmm. You got this. You got that. And they, they just don't want, they don't want to work. Right. I had a guy the other day came up to me. Said, I asked about helping me pick up a door and put it on the front porch, 30 feet. You know how much you wanted to help me? Two minutes? What? 40 bucks. 40 like, bucks? Seriously? <laughs> seriously? seriously? That's like $500 an hour, man. I mean, I'll go to work for you. I mean, you know, <laughs> give me a break. You know, there must have been a bag of track cost 40 bucks, I guess. I don't know. We're, we're, running, out know? Of, we're running out of time. i got to ask you this. So 2008 comes, you lose everything. Yeah. How, what were you thinking as you looked at that and thinking of going forward? I got stuck sitting on a two-half-a-million-dollar home. That right. was a major building. I got stuck. And, and, you know, it wasn't because um, – I mean, I had good luck telling them. And I told everything pretty much myself. It was a realtor. Sure. And it's just – and then I look, at, I look back at it now. I mean, I should have been more frugal with, you know, with the time, mm-hmm. you know, the cash was slowing. Sure. You know, and I, I was spending money. It was, it was my fault. I was, I was spending money, and I wasn't giving back to God. Mm-hmm. God give it, God take it away. That's the way I looked at it. Right. So, you know, now I'm out here, and I'm busting my butt, you know, trying to – Working by the hour, but whoever got the cash to pay me, you know, and uh, it's just, and I just, it just tears me up to see people just out there just wanting a handout from somebody. They don't, they're able bodied people that's willing to want good work, but they just don't because they know how to play the system. And they and don't have to. They don't have to, man, because we pay them to not work. We pay our fellow citizens to not work. There are so many Jameses out there, people who 2007, 2008, 2009, Boom. People got caught up in the real estate bubble. Boom. And it is on your behalf that I do this show. You deserve better treatment than you get. And you should not feel bad about the fact that you don't want to pay more for other people who won't do what you did. This idea that it's a bunch of Richie Rich Mitt Romney types sitting around sipping, you know, bourbon and saying, let him eat cake. That is such crap. America is a bunch of Jameses out there who've dealt with the world as it was given to them, tried to do the right thing, and deserve better treatment from their government and their neighbors. I am Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 10.05 on News Radio 106.7. Yeah, Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show, also, a uh, known enemy of the jihad, and I don't uh, say that with any embarrassment whatsoever. So glad you're listening. So glad Kathy Embry from Dallas, Georgia, is listening. She won our tickets to go to the first annual Publish 15 Publishing Convention. Later this show, your chance to win free lunch at Oak Steakhouse Atlanta. It's a fantastic new steak place up in Alpharetta at the Avalon community. So just stay tuned. We do it in the lunch line. And uh, later in the show, too, I just got an email back from my friend, a journalist, uh, Jillian Melchior. She's the one who did the Obama phone report where she went from place to place to place. And we kept, people kept shoving free Obama phones on her. She's going to tell us that story around 1130. So I have a question for you from me. And I hope all of you will participate. Well, well, Mayor Kasim Reed obviously can't because he got me blocked. So he doesn't know what we're talking about. But even Mayor Reed would be welcome on the show. It's a very simple question. Am I, Michael Graham, a terrorist? I, I've been called a lot of things, and usually aptly. And if you want to call me in as we pay, I'm going to be a, a str- strained to dispute that. 
but I did not know until now that I am a terrorist. I am the guy who argued back in 2005 that the current state of Islam when it comes to violence is unlike any other religion. And that as long as Muslims uh, refuse to fix the problems in their theology and their organization that allow terrorists to operate openly in their faith, that they had a terrorism problem that all Muslims shared in the problem. They weren't by any stretch terrorists, but the fact that if you're going to let people use your faith this way and not fix a problem, you are partially responsible for what they do. That got me fired by ABC radio and launched my career and, and on and on and on. But no one ever called me a terrorist. I defended the Muhammad cartoon event in Texas. I believed and still do that the only people who were engaged in uh, behavior that should have been prohibited were the people shooting guns at the cartoonists. That shooting guns at cartoonists is bad. I stand by that opinion. And now today there's going to be a rally in uh, Phoenix outside the mosque where the two innocent non-Muslim people who for some reason went to the mosque all the time and called themselves Ahmed bin Ahmed but have no connection to Islam whatsoever where they were from when they drove over to Texas to shoot people. They used to hang out at this mosque. Why they would hang out at a mosque, I have no idea, since they have no connection to Islam whatsoever. But for some reason, Akben bin Akben and his friend uh, Muhammad bin Muhammad, I, for something having nothing to do with Islam, drove all the way over to shoot people for drawing cartoons of Muhammad. So uh, some local people there have organized a protest, and this has gotten some folks upset. The last Muhammad cartoon contest, people came out of the woodwork and a person died. Gun battle there. If something like that happens here, would you be at least indirectly or maybe even directly responsible for that violence? I would feel horrible, but no, I'm not responsible for that violence. For inciting? Nope. We're just out. We're just out utilizing our First Amendment. Are you looking for a gunfight? Because you say in the Facebook page, be sure to bring out your guns because we expect some violence. Uh, I'm a Marine, you know, uh, I, but I, I, I want it to be peaceful. The last one was peaceful. Oh, well, actually, no, uh, the last one wasn't peaceful. It was peaceful on behalf of the people protesting in favor of free speech. The free speech activists were peaceful. The cartoon drawers were peaceful. But the Muslim, excuse me, the people of some random religion that had nothing to do with it who showed up screaming Allahu Akbar for some reason that I don't understand, uh, they were not peaceful. And so what's going to happen today is that you're going to have a gathering of people who are lawful gun owners who will be lawfully wearing their guns and lawfully drawing pictures of Muhammad. And some of them are going to have T-shirts that suggest that one do something sexually with Islam that I don't understand how the mechanics would work. They're going to F-bomb Islam t-shirts because it's a open street, it's a public place, and they're mad. They're mad that if you exercise your free speech, someone may come kill you in the name of Islam. So those are the two teams right there. Group of angry people who are doing stuff that's provocative and maybe mean, and people who will kill them. In the name of their religion, except apparently it's not their religion. My favorite was this morning when Chris Cuomo said a couple of deranged guys showed up at the cartoon. Deranged? I'm sorry, did you, did you have a medical degree? Did you check with the house on this? We, uh, were they, fact, in fact, escapees of a mental institution? Who said they were deranged? 
I've there've been no but Chris Cuomo knows they're deranged because they can't be Muslims. They just can't. In fact, as Chris Cuomo says, don't you understand that by uh, drawing these cartoons, you're as bad as the most vicious racists in America? The last Muhammad cartoon I'm sorry, contest. sorry. Stop, stop, stop. My bad, my bad. Uh, let's let's try this one. Thank you. was calculated in a way that would be provocative. This isn't about Nonsense. not showing it because we're afraid. It's about whether it is right or not. The N-word gets treated the same way that depictions of Muhammad does. Nonsense. We don't say it because it's offensive, not because legally I can't. So if you draw a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad to make the point that you support free speech, you're a Klan member calling black people the N-word. Let's stick with the N-word analogy. No, we I don't use stick with it because, because you don't like it. It's not analogous. It's inconvenient. It's How is not, it not? It's not. It's a cartoon. Cartoon is political opinion. It's offensive to a group you're of people. You're talking. It violates Islamic law. That's what you're it doing. It is not you explicitly in Sharia the... law. It is a cultural adaptation, and it is real. It is real. You're absolutely right, uh, Chris, that people will kill you for drawing a cartoon. But no, dropping the N-bomb on somebody is not the same as a political protest in favor of free speech. The reason why the N-bomb is offensive is because I find it offensive. I don't use the N-bomb because I find it offensive. That's why. That's why rappers do use the N-bomb, because they fairly don't find it offensive. But the fact that somebody else is offended doesn't it has no impact on whether or not what you're doing is the right thing or the wrong thing the drawing the prophet muhammad in a political context or any context really who cares if somebody's offended by it? what's it got to do with anything it's not offensive there's nothing offensive about drawing the prophet muhammad while there is clearly something offensive about dropping the n-bomb on somebody the fact that there are some people whose faith tells them that they have to kill you if the prophet is dishonored, is their problem, is not ours. At least that's how I think of it. And it is because of that, because of what I just told you, that according to Mark Lamont Hill, who teaches at uh, Morehouse, I am a terrorist. I will explain, I will share his words with you, and I will ask you that question. 844-404-1067. Is protesting outside a mosque and saying mean things about Muslims terrorism you tell me michael graham now and the kimmer at noon on news radio 1067 it's 10 19 on this beautiful friday i am michael graham coming up whether or not i am a terrorist morehouse professor mark lamont hill says yes First, so uh, Brandon is running it. What's the alert you've got for us, Brandon? Voting is about to be underway in the valid for the FIFA presidency. That's how the guy says okay, it. I didn't understand anything he just said. That's so how the guy you, says it. Could you translate into English, please? Voting is underway for the president of FIFA, Sepp Blatter. What's a FIFA? The soccer. You know, oh, they so kick I, the dude, ball. What is the, the word world? that we don't? Oh, third world kickball? Yeah, we the don't talk game. about third world kickball. On this show, so take the, take this away. I will come in no. running, breaking news as soon as we find Look, out who's, who's the, elected. Who's president. the corrupt guy who got the most bribes? He's going to win. I will let you know that guy as soon as that's, that's, I'm finished. sure it's I'm sure it's bladder or whoever his name is. Urine? What's his name? Urinary bladder? Speaking of bladder, bladder go, infection. Got to go. Mind. Okay, eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. So, Mark Lamont Hill, who teaches here at uh, Morehouse, tweeted out today: protesters outside a mosque. 
saying F Islam and carrying their guns, how is that not terrorism? Wow, terrorism. Wow. I thought it was just protesting, marching around. No, it's terrorism. How is it not terrorism? Mark Lamont, Professor Hill asked. So I replied and said, well, uh, because they're just saying things. So, and I posited the theory that if he really believes that just saying things is terrorism, then I assume that he thinks the Book of Mormon on Broadway is an act of show tune terrorism against the Mormon church, right? And he replied on Twitter, yes, if they were doing it outside of a Mormon church, it would be. Really? That's terrorism? Well, then, dude, I'm a terrorist. You got me. I am a terrorist. I absolutely believe in saying things to dirtbag murderers, their supporters, and the buildings where they get their theology that those dirtbags don't want to hear. I absolutely support that. I have no problem. I, I completely support you. And I support, by the way, you're right, to gather here at News Radio 1067 and march around our building and tell us what you don't like. You want to protest me or the Kimmer, Stephen Sherrill? Why would you protest Stephen Sherrill? They're so nice and they brought me donuts this morning. Yes. I, and, and you know what? When you showed up to protest me, I would not call you a terrorist because it's not terrorism. But that's apparently. It is terrorist to show up and complain about the current state of Islam. So do you agree that this is a terrorist act? 844-404-1067. Do you agree with uh, Chris Cuomo at CNN that drawing a picture of the Prophet Muhammad is the same as the N-bomb? And if you happen to be a person of color who has had some racist moron call you an N-bomb, I'd like to know if you think that that's the same as having him draw a picture somewhere of something that you didn't like. Because I I don't see it the same way. And as far as Professor Hill uh, saying that I'm a terrorist because I would go outside someone's mosque and wave signs expressing my displeasure, uh, I, I, I wish that we could get that theory to take root inside the Muslim world. I would love it if the Islamists would agree that just using words is terrorism. Because I'd feel a lot better going getting on an airplane if I knew that the worst thing I had to worry about from our friends in the religion of peace was somebody yelling at me. Here is my terrorism! Okay, for keep bringing it on. I'll take all the terrorism we got. See, it's the terrorism with the blowing up part. That's what I have a problem with. It's the terrorism with the shooting people part. Do you not understand that the people inside the cartoon contest only had pencils? The guys outside had bullets? You can say the pen is mightier than the sword all you want. I would much rather have someone come after me with a pen than with a sword, okay? I think the terrorists are the people who are throwing bullets at you at 100 yards a second, not the people throwing words at you. So who's right? Who's the terrorist? Because I, you know, I mean, I've definitely why I definitely have said things about Islam that Muslims don't like. I've had Muslims call for my death. I've it's it's happened. I don't think I'm a terrorist because of that. I would I would think that the people showing up to shoot me would be the terrorists. I see the world is all upside down. Craziness. And when uh, Chris Cuomo compares the N word to to drawing the Prophet Muhammad. 
Let's stick with the N-word analogy. No, we I won't stick with it because you don't like it. It's not analogous. It's inconvenient. How it's is not, it not? It's not. It's a cartoon. Cartoon is political opinion. It's offensive to a group of people. You're talking. It, it violates Islamic law. That's what you're it doing. It is not you explicitly Sharia law. It is know, a cultural but, adaptation, and it is real. Here is the difference, Chris. And, of course, he knows the difference. He just hates free speech. And he said it on the show. This should not be. You should not do this. You should not. Uh, express your opinion, shame on you for expressing your opinion, which is a weird position for a journalist to take. The difference is the M-bomb is an insult. That's what it is. There, there is no not insulting. <laughs> the M-bomb is an insult. A picture of the Prophet Muhammad. Right now, there's the Prophet Muhammad on the Supreme Court building. They have statues of called the lawgivers. And there's a statue of Moses. And there's a statue of some, I forget, Confucius or something. And there's a statue of Muhammad. It's not an insult. In uh, Persian art, Persian art is full of depictions of the Prophet Muhammad. That's not an insult. Drawing a picture of the Prophet Muhammad saying, draw my picture and I will kill you, with the hand of the artist in the bottom of the picture saying, that's why I draw the picture. There's nothing insulting about that. So I'm saying that's a, a legitimate political debate. There's some people who think that it should be death from the state if you draw a picture of Muhammad. There are people who don't. There is no inherent insult. There. But there is no way for me to throw down the N-bomb Without an insult, because that's what it is. And Chris Cuomo knows that, and that's why he's a dope. And that, and today when they gather in Phoenix, there will be people who are honest. If some uh, Islamist shoots a cartoonist today, you will see members of the free speech First Amendment media saying you deserve to get shot. Because that's what they've already said about Pamela Geller. She was asking for it. How dare you do something that people don't like? Excuse me. It's your job to do stuff that people don't like. David, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Yeah, how you doing? I'm fine, sir. Go right ahead. Yeah, I just think that what whole thing is unnecessarily antagonistic. I mean, I wouldn't draw on a picture, a fist of a picture of Jesus Christ or the Pope or the Prophet Muhammad. I mean, why would you unnecessarily try to offend another group of people? And, and I don't think Chris Como made a fair comparison when he used the N-word in comparison to this situation. So you agree that it's not the same thing? It's not the same thing, but I also think that there are better ways to exercise your free speech. Mm -hmm. This is beginning to get kind of childish. Well, but how do you exercise your free speech in the face of people threatening to kill you if you don't do what it is that they're threatening to kill you over? See what I'm saying? It's not the cartoonists didn't invent the idea of drawing the Prophet Muhammad. It's the uh, whack job Islamist who announced, "If you draw him, we're going to kill you." So. Didn't they kind of define the 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 debate? I think they're unnecessarily trying to antagonize a group of people when they could just let it go, and it's just you know it's uncalled for. In, in well, my the, mind. here's just, the problem: it's no more necessary than drawing an offensive picture of the Pope to try and offend Catholics. But you can't see how they'll respond. You can't see how they'll respond. But David, I mean, you can't. You can't offend the Catholics because the Pope picture has already been drawn a million times. Plays have been done about Jesus being gay. Plays when articles and books have been written about Catholics as evil. I mean, you can't, you just can't do it. There's only one religion that has this problem. David, if the whole issue were a bunch of protesters drawing Muhammad, you'd be hundred percent right. But here's the problem. When cartoonists around the world were being killed, my local paper and my national media outlets would not show me the news. They hid the news from me. They wouldn't show the pictures because they were afraid. That's the problem. 
it's not that you're stopping some knucklehead from you know pick you know nose picker Alabama from drawing it. It's the fact that CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, they will not tell me the news because they are so afraid of the whack job Islamist. You have truly limited the First Amendment by giving in to these bad guys. That's why the people showing up to f- protest in Phoenix are the good guys. Good morning, it's 1036. Oh, yeah, Michael Graham coming up later in the show. Your chance to win free lunch at the Oak Steakhouse here in Atlanta. I'm delighted to welcome to the show superstar of CNN. Also, you see him on BET, the Huffington Post Live, and uh, professor at Morehouse College, Mark Lamont Hill. Uh, good to speak to you again, sir. How you doing? You too, man. So uh, I'm interested in the uh, the big thing that's happening in Phoenix today. You have a bunch of protesters out there saying F Islam, and they're going to be uh, wearing their sidearms as allowed under law. And you describe that as terrorism. Am I accurately describing your, your take, Professor Hill? I'm, I'm saying that, that there's a language and a way that we've d- defined terrorism in this country. Some would say it's too broad, uh, that the word terrorism gets thrown around a lot. Um, by the definitions that we've used, uh, yes, it would be. It, my goal isn't to, so much to focus on them being terrorists as much as it is to focus on the irony that they're saying. Every I, I saw a guy on CNN this morning. Uh, he was he was talking, and uh, it actually was Anderson Cooper last night, uh, and he said everybody in Islam is a terrorist. And I found it fascinating that he would get a bunch of people with guns to show up in front of a mosque as mm-hmm. you know sixty year old women are praying which to me is an act of intimidation, with F. Islam t-shirts on and say that they're the terrorists. It, it's, it's fascinating to me. Again, it, I, it, are they legally protected to say what they want? Yeah. Are they legally protected, protected to have their guns based on the Second Amendment? Sure. But I, I'm saying, though, there might be a poverty right. of the way we think and talk about terrorism, but also about the choices we make. Why would you want to do that? Uh, we're talking to Professor Mark Lamont Hill, also seen regularly on CNN, BET, et cetera. I think the reason why you want to do it is because people are threatening to kill you if you do it. And just like why people asked, why would Dr. King want to walk across the Pettus Bridge, you know, named after a notorious racist, where people were waiting to beat the crap out of him? Well, the reason why he marched there is because he was told not to. That's how you def- defend and assert your civil rights, isn't it, Professor Hill? No, I, I disagree with your reading of history. I think that's really? sort of inaccurate. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. inaccurate. I mean, if you read, if you read Dr. King's writings... If you if you read the the histories on the SCLC and SNCC, mm-hmm. or if you watch a movie like Selma, uh, and, and again I want to, I mention those other things because I want people to say I, I, I say watch Selma as my evidence. <laughs> um, if, if, if you read all those texts, you'll see that Dr. King's strategy was to create a spectacle. Mm-hmm. His right. strategy was was to create the image. Exactly. He knew that he'd be met with violence. He right. thought that that violence would lead to a sure. shift in public policy. That the Voting mm-hmm. Rights Act would 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 emerge sure. because of the violence. So, so it's not. It's, so he didn't do it just because people said he couldn't. It wasn't a cowboy mentality. Oh, you said I can't, so I'm going to do it. That no. wasn't the logic. No, he went to the place. Act. He went to the place where the people with the hate and the willingness to use violence would display that hate and violence. Just like when you draw a picture of Muhammad, you let people who are predisposed have already made the decision. I'm going to act in hate and violence to show their violence because you want to know who the bad guys are. And that's what Dr. King did. And that's what Pamela Geller's doing. And that's why the good guys. And, and in I'm Phoenix, saying, no, that's not true. I don't want to get too bogged down on the King thing, but that's not true. King's goal was not sure. No, I'm, you, just, you just said it. I just said your words back to you. He went to the place where the people full of hate and violence would show their hate and violence in a spectacle so people would know who the bad guys were. And that's what no, the Muhammad not, that, that's not, are that, doing. 
I'm saying no. Your characterization of my words is inaccurate. Oh, okay. King's goal. King's goal was not to show who the bad guys were. King's goal was to change public policy. Right. We already knew who the bad guys were. Mm-hmm. In, 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 in this case, there is no public policy to be mm-hmm. changed. There is no shift to be to be mm-hmm. made. Terrorism is already illegal. Mm-hmm. Blowing up buildings is already illegal. Right. And, and second. It, it, to use your language of going to the bad guys, these people aren't going to the bad guys. They're not going to ISIS headquarters. They're mm-hmm. going to a mosque where terrorists are not located. Well, if the terrorists are mo- not located there because they left there to go to Garland, Texas, to kill people. This wasn't a rat random choice. But I want to ask you, you mentioned public policy, and I appreciate your no, time. No, but, but, real quick, oh, I, sure. I, but, but, we just have a lot to get I, to, I, and I, I'm just trying to you know, move on. I, I apologize. But, but to, say, to say that this mosque is where the bad guys are is unfair. What, what evidence do you have that there are bad people at this mosque? Well, no, you're right. You're, the two bad people who were there left. They got killed while they were trying to murder people for drawing pictures in the but name I of agree. Islam. So they're so not there anymore, so, but they were. That, this is why so, that so mosque was there? chosen. Because that's so because I'm, this I'm, is where sure. the bad guys were. This is last scene of the bad guys was here. But I, <laughs> I, can I ask about something else? Because seriously, we're running out of sure. time. And I'm very interested. I love, I think we were on Dr. Phil together one time in the past. And we've talked in the past. And I love your thoughtful take on things, and you're willing to stand by what you believe and not do the weasel stuff. And that's why I love seeing you on CNN, et cetera, Mark Lamont Hill at Morehouse. You said there's a public policy issue. The uh, uh, Washington Metro has banned all political and public policy uh, uh, ads, all of them. They've banned all the speech on all of their trains and buses just to keep Pamela Geller from putting the Mohammed cartoon with the, with the statement, support free speech, on them. In other words, the terrorists have won. The public policy has bent to the terrorists. Isn't that right? Uh, no, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that the MTA in New York or except in Philadelphia or in D.C., um, I don't think their biggest concern is terrorists. Well, that's not what the WMATA said. The WMATA said, we're not doing this because we don't want to turn our buses and trains into targets for terrorism. That's, their, that's the quote. I, 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 I agree with you. I, I agree that that's what they said. I'm, I'm telling you that I don't think that's their biggest concern. Ah. I, 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 I think their biggest concern is they don't like what's on the bus. Um, I, I think their biggest concern is they don't like what's on the bus. And I, number one and number two, I think it's a market issue. I think they're concerned that a whole bunch of people will stop riding the bus or, or boycott the bus. And they don't want the economic uh, circumstance. Uh-huh. And I think lastly, they don't they don't want their, their, their billboards to be politicized in that way. And look, all buses are political, whether it's a health care ad, whether it's a pharmaceutical company, whether it's look, a condoms. You know, I mean, it's ad, always they political. run political ads all the time. They run advocacy ads all the time. This is not new. But I, I got to say, I, we're, 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 we are literally out of time, Professor Hill. But I will claim I do not have the same psychic powers that you do. When the people who run the buses and trains say we don't want to do it because we're scared Muslims will kill us, I believe them. So that's we'll just have to disagree on that point. Well, I guess. well, well I've, I've spoken to people at the I've spoken to authorities. Just be uh-huh. clear, so it's not psychic. Again, you're, you're citing to me something I didn't say. I'm not saying I'm psychic. I'm saying I spoke to the authorities mm-hmm. off the record. And I'm telling you what they told me. So, in other words, you think that they are happier to tell people we're scared of Muslims than they are to tell people we're just concerned about boycotts or loss of business? That just seems well, upside down. Well, because to if, me. If, if, if they because if they stand up and say we do not want this because we find it mm-hmm. offensive or right. because we wear our base will find it offensive. Then you get, you have a whole free speech protest coming. Right. So Whereas now there's no harder speech. To get, right. But I'm saying it's harder to get mad at a bus company yeah. for not wanting to get blown up by ISIS. Cause everybody will kind of say, yeah, okay, well nobody wants to get blown up by ISIS. 
that that's sort of it's like kissing the baby. Like uh, no one's really going to sue you for that. I, I, Whereas I, if you make it a free speech issue, it becomes a different issue. I think it's a strategy. And as, I'm not as, I as the kids, that's the logic. as the kids say today, I feel you, but I don't know how many Muslims would be flattered by the "we can't show this art because you'll kill us" message. Professor Mark Lamont Hill from Moorhead State, thank you so much for, again for joining us on short notice here on the Michael Graham Show. You heard from the professor, you heard from me. I want to hear from you at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio. 106.7. Good morning, it's 1050. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. So you heard from Professor Hill, and thanks again to Morehouse College, uh, Professor Hill, for joining us to talk about why he thinks that uh, the uh, drawing the cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad is similar to draw, you know, well, he didn't say it was draw, similar to them bomb, but he did say it was offensive, shouldn't be done, and that it's terrorizing Muslims for people to do this, uh, and his objection to people doing it. And he also rejected the notion that what Pamela Geller is doing is exactly what Dr. King did, which is you go where the bad guys are and let them show everyone how bad they are so that, People will change, so we will change our policy, so we will do the right thing. Also, he's disputed why these uh, uh, metro systems around the country have banned all public advocacy ads, all political or message, you know, ads like whatever, you know, support the environment or, you know, fight global warming or don't abuse your kids or support Obama, whatever. All those ads are now banned because the uh, companies don't want to put up Pamela Geller's support free speech ad that has the winning Muhammad drawing in it. I, I don't understand how you can see that as anything other than the terrorists have won. What, I mean, you know, the, for all due respect to Professor Hill, his, well, really it has to do with revenue. They're afraid they would lose it. Oh, crap. Yank, yank, yank. You're afraid that an Islamist will kill you, will shoot you, will stab your buses, will set them on fire. Whatever. And so what the and once again, this is in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. What their version of MARTA is called WAMADA has done is they have completely cowered and caved to the Islamists. And they say so. We're afraid that if we put this art on our buses and trains, they will become targets for terrorism. Well, why? Well, because terrorists, why? I don't understand. You put up stuff, uh, you know, denouncing the Catholic Church. You denounce, you know, stuff about Israel. Oh, my gosh. They had what would have, I would have argued were blatantly anti-Israeli, borderline anti-Semitic ads that they ran. What, what's wrong? Well, the difference is that when you insult Israel, nothing happens. When you insult Catholics, nothing happens. But when you do something that Muslims decide is insulting, even though it's not, people get shot, stabbed, hurt, and killed. That's the standard for America? We're going to so because a handful of Islamists have decided to kill the name of their faith, everybody in America, every Tea Party group, every Black Lives Matter groups, what matters group, we've lost the right to speak because these transit systems have shut it all down. No, none. We're just not going to do it anymore. If you're going to say mean things about you know who, then we're not going to say anything about anybody. That's it. That's that's the American standard now. You're cool with that? 844-404-1067. Some other stuff that just came across my desk in the uh, last few minutes. The new numbers are in for the first quarter of this year for the economy. 
We knew it wasn't good. It was, the growth was anemic. Turns out it was even worse. The economy actually shrank 0.7%. The economy went backwards. So those of you who've been watching all the news coverage about this Obama economy is really turning around and it's really going great. Uh, well, actually, no. The uh, This is the sixth year of the recovery. And we had neg- we shrank. We lost economic growth. We went backwards. By the way, if this quarter we're in now, we're now, if it did the same thing, we would officially be in recession again. That's how crappy this has been. And just to put that in perspective, at this point in the Reagan and in the Clinton recoveries, we were booming. Money was pouring in. Jobs were exploding. Things were booming. But after six years of spending trillions of dollars on stimulus and after dumping money onto, uh, into social programs, because remember what, and I'm, once again, I'm not picking on people based on their politics. I'm telling you what was said. President Obama and his team said, when you give money in EBT, when you give EBT cards out and you give uh, uh, unemployment checks out and you give benefits out, People go out and spend the money that stimulates the economy. And so this is an economic growth plan. Well, we've tried it that way for six years. The economy not only isn't growing, it shrank this year. We started fixing the economy in 2009. This is 2015. It's still not fixed. And that's not a matter. This Once again, this isn't, oh, this is Republican spin. No, it's a no spin. That's, the economy shrank the first three months of this year. It sucks. We're averaging around 2% growth. That sucks. This is the worst, quote, recovery since World War II. We've never had things stay this crummy so long, which goes back to why people are giving up their cable. They can't. There are people who are working. Both people are working. And the 100 bucks or 120 bucks a month for cable, they just go, you know what? We need that money for something else. We need that money for school. We need that money. We're trying to have some savings. We need that money. The uh, uh, drop in gas prices, gas about a buck a gallon less today, which means that the average family, you, know, you buy 20 gallons of gas a week, that's another 20 bucks, basically 80, 100 bucks a month. New study out, most of that money is going to paying off debt and savings because people aren't sure they're going to have their job or they have a crappy job that doesn't pay and they're just, you know, you plug in the ship. This economy sucks, not because... President Obama is a Democrat, not because President Obama is a liberal, certainly not because President Obama is black. It has nothing to do with it sucks because what we did, what we're doing hasn't worked. And if a Republican did this and we got these results, it still wouldn't work. It hasn't worked. And this is the economy that Mrs. Bill Clinton wants to keep going for another four to eight years. Do you want another four years of having every third quarter Be one where we go backwards, where there's no growth, where your kids can't find jobs, or they do find a job, but they're lucky to be making 10, 11 bucks an hour. Is that the economy that you want? Because that's the economy that we've got. I vote against this economy. I'm not voting against Barack Obama, the guy. This is nothing personal. I'm not voting against Barack Obama's party, per se. I'm voting against this economy. This sucks. I don't care. You can be a militant, you know, Black Panther member who, you know, makes your living writing speeches for socialists. You, you may have ghostwritten Bernie Sanders' latest celebration of women fantasizing about getting raped. I mean, you may, I don't care how far to the left you are. you got to admit, this economy sucks, and it does not deserve a re-election. 
844-404-1067. Coming up late uh, in the next hour, would you send out your little kid who's being bullied at school to punch the bully in the nose? Somebody tried it. Didn't work out so well. I've got the story coming up. Let's stick with the N-word analogy. No, we I don't want to stick with it because, because you don't like it. It's not analogous. It's Tom Wheeler wants to retool a $1.6 billion subsidy program called Lifeline that at present is used to help pay phone bills. He wants to let the money be used for Internet bills instead. People came out of the woodwork and a person died. Gun battle there. If something like that happens here, would you be at least indirectly responsible for that violence? No. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Yes, everybody in Cleveland, low minority, got Obama phone. Good morning, it's 10 11 06 at News Radio 1067. Ah, uh, yeah, Michael Graham, I don't want the show to be over. I'm having so much fun. As your host, MC, star of the show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, uh, Ju- journalist Jillian K. Melchior, during the height of the Obama phone program, went out to see how many Obama phones she could get on the scam. It's a fantastic story and reminds us why it's so stupid to now expand the program to pay for broadcast broadband Internet. Should you really be buying your neighbors their Internet access out of your off of your dime? Or maybe your neighbors should go get a job and pay for it him or herself. This is one of the main topics on the show today. Also, in just a second, I want to ask you about this local mom in Cobb County who sent her kid to school to punch the bullies in the nose. You know that classic scene from, uh, you know, like whatever, you know, uh, childhood, the bully's picking on the kid and the dad says, son, fighting is wrong, but if he he pushes you, you give give him a sock in the nose. I've always wondered how that actually works out when people do it. And I look forward to hearing from you at 844-404-1067. First, so two quick things. One is a horrifying new poll from Rasmussen Research. A majority of Democrats think illegal immigrants should have the right to vote. 53% of Democrats think that people who are in the country illegally should be able to cancel out your vote at the polling place. Imagine what happened if you, you know, went on vacation to Cozumel, and while you were there, you said, hey, I think I'm going to vote for the president of Mexico. Imagine if your daughter was you know, sent with a college choir to go sing in Europe and said, I'm going to vote in Luxembourg while I'm here. Imagine you're on a business trip to Hong Kong. Hey, how about voting? Well, a majority of America's Democratic Party members say they want people who came to the country illegally and are breaking the law illegally. Uh, that's redundant. I apologize. To be able to vote. What's the first thing you vote for when you're an illegal immigrant voting in the United States? Amnesty. Of course. <laughs> I vote that I get to stay. And then I vote that I get to stay and I get your stuff. A majority of De- those of you are Democrats. A majority of you and your fellow Democrats say the United States should let illegals vote. 844-404-1067. Then another story. I, a, uh, it's always fun for me that uh, people listen online you know, from, from places I've worked in the past. It's always cool to hear from people. 
Uh, and we got a listener up in a little town in Massachusetts, Methuen. It's a distant bedroom community from Boston, if you will. And her daughter came home from the fourth grade with this note. Dear parents, in support of this weekend's Relay for Life, the students at Marsh Grammar School will be walking a lap around the building today, Friday, May 29th. Each grade level will go to a different time, escorted by their classroom teacher. At the end of the lap, I'm reading this note from the school. At the end of the lap, each student will be given a popsicle. However, due to the wellness policy, parents must give permission for their children to receive a popsicle. If you do not give permission, your child will not get a popsicle. And then it has a little form, child's name. I give my child permission for popsicle. I do not, all caps, give my child permission to have a popsicle sign. Parent. Permission for a popsicle? What the heck is the problem with a popsicle? Michael, how can you even say No, I mean it. I mean, it's a popsicle. Someone, if my kid was at a friend's house and someone said, want a popsicle? I'd say, yeah, give him a popsicle. Just yesterday, I bought Buttercup Bomb Pops. She has a thing for Bomb Pops right now. Did I commit a Michael. Popsicle. It's full of sugar. Don't you understand? It's full of agribusiness, Monsanto, high fructose corn syrup, Michael. And how do you hold a popsicle? Well, it's a popsicle. You hold it with a stick. That's right, Michael Graham. A stick. A piece of wood. Do you know how they got that popsicle stick? They murdered trees! You have a corn syrup covered tree death in your hand and you're giving you're not giving that to my child. And by the way, what color are the popsicles? Well, I don't I mean like like this red. Red! Did Native Americans approve this? We've banned all Native American mascots at my school, Michael Graham. You want to give them a Native American insulting sugar tree death stick? Oh, I really didn't thought about that. Or maybe like blue. Blue? Blue states? Are you mocking our president now, our good liberal president? You Indian-hating, liberal, mocking, tree-killing, sugar mom. Okay, I just, it was just a popsicle. No! No popsicle. Besides, have you ever seen poorly trained children, Michael Grant? Well, yeah, I have four of them right now. Have you ever seen poorly trained boy children? You know I have two sons. What do those little boys do when they take their finger and they make it in the shape of a G-you-know-what? Yeah. And then what do they say to each other? They go, well, they go pop, 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 pop. The international symbol for violence. You want a violence proposing sugar grenade tree murdering Indian hating death stick in my child's hands. What's wrong with you? Okay. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You're absolutely right. It's all on me. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It certainly is a beautiful day. I'm Michael Graham. It's 1120. How would you like to experience you two in the Big Apple? You're in luck. News Radio 167 is your chance to rock out live in Madison Square Garden with you two on their 2015 Innocence and Experience Tour. Air, hotel, and tickets to the show are on us. Go to NewsRadio1067.com today to enter. 844-404-1067. So, uh, by the way, very quickly on the issue of the school demanding a permission slip before kids can have a popsicle. Uh, James from Gwinnett points out, Michael, you know, 
you could take that popsicle stick out and turn it into a weapon, right? I thought about weaponizing the popsicle stick as a pop- possible. And then Kevin simply says, no popsicle, no peace. Very good point, Kevin. Uh, at 844-404-1067. So, you know the storyline. The kid comes home from school. I've been bullied. And his dad takes him aside and says, son, you know, violence is never the solution. But you've got to defend yourself. And the next time that bully comes up, you go to the biggest guy in the group and you give him a sock right in the nose. And then that'll solve the problem. Have, have, have any of you tried that? Did your dad send you to school to give the punch in the nose? Did you send your kid to school to give the punch in the nose? A Cobb County mom has tried this uh, solution. Uh, apparently, not results not so good. He said it's over 900 students in the school, so they don't have time to get to every situation. So I feel like if they would have made time, would none of this be going on. So the story is that Gabriel Choctaw of Austell, uh, she has a kid in Sanders Elementary School. She got on the bus after the driver asked her to leave and sent her son over to take on one of the bullies that she claims had been bullying her kid. Uh, she claims that there were three bullies attacking her kid, so she sent her son in there to to throw down on him and solve the problem. And now she's under arrest. I didn't encourage him, but he felt more safer when his mom was there. I'm not going to let three students bully him and he feel like he don't have no one. I'm going to always be there to protect him. Now, I love the idea of a mom who says, I'm always going to be there to protect my son. I love the idea that she, she sees that it's her job to get her kids back, even if the school said they could handle it, and she claims they told her, look, we got 900 kids in this elementary school. We can't track what's going on. Even if the school does try to take responsibility, responsibility begins and ends with mom and dad, right? So did this mom do the right thing, and has anyone tried? I, the only thing that saved me from a nonstop series of butt kickings in uh, Peelian, South Carolina, was that I was always big. When I was younger, I was big and fat. And then as I got older, I was just, I was less fat, but I was just always bigger, taller. It wasn't worth it. And every once in a while, someone would decide they wanted to kick my butt. And just, they kind of move around. Nothing ever really happened. Uh, So I've never, I was never involved in a fight, never been in a fight. And it, it never occurred to me to, uh, that the solution would be to go up to the guy who's bigger than me, who wants to kick my butt and punch him in the face. I, I'm not sure. That's the wise strategery. 844-404-1067. Jerry wants to talk about uh, schools that need permission slips before your kid can have a popsicle. Jerry, you're on the air. Michael, first of all, I love your show. But here's the real reason, and I agree with you, but here's the real reason. Mm -hmm. In in the society we live in today, the the school is trying to to uh, get rid of all of their responsibility and make the parents sign the permission slip to have the popsicle in case there's something wrong with the popsicle. But the school gives can, the kids food all the time. Every single day they give them lunch in the lunchroom. What's the difference? Well, it's, it's, it's like the it's like the, the Bluebell ice cream deal, you mm-hmm. know. And they say, well, if the kid gets sick or they have some kind of allergic reaction to the popsicle, then, well, you had the option to say, no, you didn't want your kid to have a popsicle. Jerry, I, I wish I could agree with you, but I don't think the schools are being that reasonable. I think it's their terror of the uh, death tree sugar stick. I think that's what it is. Nicole, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Yeah, hey, Michael. I think it's completely absurd. I mean, kids, it's <laughs> childhood. Have a popsicle. No! They have <laughs> yes. evil corn syrup in them. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, they're going to die. Now, did you ever it's, punch it's, the school bully in the face, Nicole? Did you ever no, you didn't do that? I give him a popsicle. 
<laughs> They'll be dead within the hour. That's a, There you go. You got a kid who's being bullied at school. Give them a popsicle. And as soon as the bullies approach him, back off. I've got a king of pops lemon banana twist. You better watch out. I got a king of pops bagel nut, basil nutmeg. What? They do make some weird flavors. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure I'm down with the basil ice cream. Gary is on News Radio 1067. Good morning, Gary. Well, thank you for taking my call. Uh, we spoke on Sunday about throwing the kids out of the house when they graduate. But listen, right. as all, the whole thing with the school system, the school system, all of our school administrators, I want to say, when it comes to something like that, are hypocrites. Because when they are teaching our kids things that we don't want them to learn, right. especially things that we feel that as parents we should be teaching them, they don't send a permission slip nope. to our home to sign for that. So there's so much hypocrisy. Our society is becoming such a nanny state. And when we do things like that, we are basically giving our parental control over our kids right. over to the system. And we as we don't see that. We need to vote out all these administrators and, and, and basically elect people that's going to be doing things what we put them into, right. into office for. If, if I were to do something at my job that was not according to the manual, I would get fired. Mm-hmm. And since they're not doing according to what we have asked, they all should get Fired. Gary, you nailed it. The school system is the public school system. It belongs to you, the taxpayers and the parents. This is how bad it can get. In Massachusetts, there was an elementary school, elementary school, teaching same-sex sexuality stuff. Boys on top of boys and girls on top of girls. And not surprisingly, some parents were, I don't think I want my kids sitting in a class on boys hooking up with boys, if I can please not do that. So they said they were going to take their kids out of school for that section. And they were told, you can't. If you do, it's going to be an unexcused absence. We're going to punish your kids for not being here learning boy-on-boy sex. And so they went to court and went all the way to the Massachusetts State Supreme Court, which ruled parents do not have the right to control the, uh, what their kids are exposed to or control the content of the lessons. You don't have that right, according to the Massachusetts State Supreme Court. The only three things you have a right to do is you can quit. You can just go homeschool or go to a private school. But if you come to public school, as a mere parent and taxpayer... You don't get to decide what your kids learn. The other people who are better than you, they know what your kid ought to know. They're the ones who get to decide. And so you make a uh, you, great, great point, Gary. Thanks for the call. 844-404-1067. When we come back, do you want to pay for your neighbors to have high-speed, high-speed broadband Internet access uh, as part of a government giveaway program? Well, our guest experimented with the Obama phone program. Uh, you'll find out the results next. This podcast of the Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.